Hello and welcome to the Hitman's Last Great Year, a Smack Attic podcast project. We're talking about Bret Hart's final year in the World Wrestling Federation because Bret Hart is better than most wrestlers. That's why we're talking about him specifically. That's why we're doing this. I'm your host, Matt Vaughn. And each week on the podcast, I'm a guest co-host with me uh, coming to me live from Board Game YouTube. It's Daniel Pettibar, Punch War Party. How are you doing, Daniel? We were, we're, we're already carousing, I would say. <laughs> we're getting crazy, man. Yeah. Everybody in the club getting tipsy, I would say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. As white well, as I can. I'm happy to be say. here as always. Excited to talk about an episode of Raw for the Ages. How does the September 22nd, 1997 Raw from Madison Square Garden compare historically to other Raws? Well, I mean, it's a Madison Square Garden, so immediately it is more historic than anything else. Is there a Raw that you can think of off? Is there one you can think of offhand where you're like, where you're like, this? There's a bigger Raw than this historically. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And it's for such a simple reason. What is a simple reason? Such a simple reason. But yeah, it's tough. I what was like, oh, reason, this though? happens then? Like, I, oh, I yeah, just yeah, 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 that's right. You, you, oh, you mean the, the biggest uh, the biggest wrestling feud of all time that turned changed the fortune <laughs> yeah, of a company? I was like, I thought that all happened after Vince had turned heel with the screw job and stuff. But like, well, no wonder they were like forcing him to be called boss by like every other wrestler all the time. Right. They were they were setting this up, man. They're planting seed after seed after seed after seed. That's right. Just like me. <laughs> hey, yo, folks. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that. let's get some context. We've got to get into this right now. So let's talk about last week's episode that we covered on the podcast. It was one night only. Had had good old Joel on the podcast. Good friend of Daniel's as well. Oh, nice. Yes, and uh, we covered one night only in Manchester, England. Uh, uh, although I think it's what, what's another place. Anyway. I've heard different things. It's in the Midlands. It's in it's in the United Kingdom. Uh, Owen Hart and Vader had an entertaining big man, little man bout. Bret Hart and The Undertaker had a, very, a good long match. And then sadly, Shawn Michaels stole the European title from the British Bulldog in front of his hometown fans after just what amounts to so much cheating. An incredible amount of cheating. Have you seen that show, Daniel? Like, I don't oh, know yeah. This, oh, yeah. Because you're, you you're a Shawn Michaels fan, and I'm watching that show being like, I, I, I'm, and, and every time Shawn Michaels does something awful on that show, I'm like, how could he, how could he still like him? Yeah, well, well, this is the thing. Like, my story with Shawn Michaels is that I loved him as a kid, and then all of a sudden I took a little hiatus from watching, and I turned on the TV, and Shawn Michaels was doing bad things, and I just stopped watching wrestling cold turkey. Yeah. So that's my story. As a child, I just couldn't handle my hero. Like, I think it was him sticking his, like, nose in the Canadian flag. Like, That's fair. That's a good reason. I was like, I can't. And so I just stopped, and that was that. The dude no longer abides, Daniel. So says. I was no longer watching wrestling, I think, at this point. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, okay, so Sean, uh, yes, is uh, a bad dude. And the funny thing is, the de- explanation for this apparently was as simple as, well, next year we'll come back and you'll get your win back. But I think it's too much damage. And I think, I think you know, Joel and I talked last week about just the humiliation factor being too strong. And uh, it just right. is such a, such a strange thing. Anyway, we'll did you mention how stupid the European Championship is? <laughs> the concept of the belt, just everything. You know, you, you like you know how I feel about title. additional championships. You do, and I'm proud of you for feeling about it so strongly. That's right. I feel I so strong. I cannot uh, get invested in a feud that's surrounded around a championship that I have a hard time remembering the name of. And then <laughs> it's the Asian championship. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we have on, on the show, we have the European champion being like, I want to be the world champion. I'm like, well, that's tough. Cause you're already the European champion. So you're done. You're you've accomplished. So you're done. What are you doing? Stop that. Knock it <laughs> off. Um, yes. Uh, we often have bonus matches on the show because every time we do the podcast, we want to at least cover one Bret Hart match. That's the kind of the goal of it all. And uh, Bret Hart is wrestling tonight. He's facing Goldust. Later on, so which I wasn't on. excited about when I heard that, and 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 after watching it, what, how do you feel about it? Still not excited. Oh, good. Okay, we'll good. talk about it. I had hoped that would be the case. Um, so let's talk about the good folks in. Uh, let me see here. New York City saw before the show. Um, so there's dark matches. Two to start off the night. Steve Carino of ECW fame took out Jimmy Cicero in a match that sounds very Italian and very New York. <laughs> hey, Jimmy Cicero's here. <laughs> Uh, they're thinking of pizza pie. Bada like boom. Pizza being eaten like out of the fans, like out of the stands, like somebody's reaching over, getting some pizza yeah. pie. Hey. Was this salsa John? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, also the Brooklyn Brawler won a 20 man battle royal for the number one contendership for the, U- the WWF championship. 
What? I don't know, but that's what it says on my information. <laughs> is that he is going to have a title shot. He's going to be able to wrestle <laughs> for the world happened, championship. Right? I might have happened on a house show. Okay, you know so so they could they could carry house show storylines over? In Madison Square Garden they can. Yeah, there you go. That's the only way that's the only way I can kind of make sense of that, I would say. So let's take a look here. Steve Lombardi. Gosh, he wrestled for so long. It's kind of insane how much he wrestled for. Like, it's really silly. Daniel. <laughs> I could think they did do this, buddy, because uh, they, did a sh- they did Shock on Saturday night. Broken Brawler won a WWE, uh, number of contendership match. And then uh, when they came back to do a house show at Madison Square Garden in November 15th, uh, Broken Brawler uh, wrestled where? Main event? Where are you from? Shamrock. There we go. Yeah, yeah. He wrestled a 50-minute match. The fourth match of the night was a world championship match between whoever the world champion is then and the Brooklyn Brawler. So they actually did do that. Wow. I know. I know. I'm into that. I'm into that. What a thing to do. Uh, And then on Shotgun Saturday night, Miguel and Savio, the Los Periquas, beat the new Blackjacks after Savio hit a spinning heel kick on Bradshaw. Uh, See, this is is the proper place for Bradshaw, below the Los Periquas. That should always have been where he was. (laughs) Just keep him there forever. Keep him low. Lower than the European title. Uh, I am a wrestling god. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. Never were. Uh, You made me not want to watch wrestling for years. So you have have to live with consequences of that. You made me (laughs) not a fan. So think about that. I have a podcast now. Do you realize how bad you have to be to make me... Love pop wrestling now and hate it then. <laughs> Dummy. Chains and Crush of the DOA won by disqualification against the Truth Commission when Jackal, who we've never been introduced to, but is still very much involved in wrestling and all elite wrestling, uh, he interfered into a brawl. Wow. Yes. So so you're mentioning these things, and I'm like, oh, so that's why this episode of Raw was good, because it didn't have Chains or Savio Vega on it. Yeah, no Crush or anything like that. Savio Vega. You're going to be, you know, don't, let's, not be, let's not be harsh to Savio. He had one good match, Matt. Let it yeah. lie. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm, I actually wouldn't even argue with that. That's fine. Um, Jesse James beat Flash Funk after hitting a pump handle slam. Pump handle slam. What's? Why is it worse than a body slam? Ooh, you're pumping the handle, Matt. Uh, it's not, it's I don't want. I don't want my handle pumped. Do you? <laughs> you know, Just I know a lot of guys. Guy? They pay. They pay a pretty penny to get a handle pumped by a guy. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love it because it's like it's almost a euphemism, but it's so literal. Yeah, that's right. it's so it's just like what else could that possibly mean? You only yeah. it could only be one thing. Um, and I mean a firm handshake. Uh, Vader killed Henry Godwin with a Vader bomb, giving his team with the with the Patriot the win over the Godwin. So he just smashed it with a Vader bomb, which I just love to see. Big fan, big big fan. Um, there's also a dark match after the show, and I think it makes sense if you remember the last moment of Raw and I tell you what the dark matches. You'll be like, okay, yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, sure. So we'll talk about it. Let's talk about Raw's War. September 22nd, 1997. A historic Raw for the ages. Let's go. For multiple reasons, let's, I would argue, too. Let's go. Let's go. We begin with a promo video for Madison Square Garden. They call it the world's most famous arena. I contend the Coliseum in Rome, the world's most famous arena. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Wembley. No, you're you're full of shit, man. Hey, hey. Madison Square Garden. Wembley, Live Aid. What's bigger? Tell me. Come on. Let's go. No, Madison Square Garden. Kobe <sighs> Kingston. Randy Orton. <laughs> Love see, it. So, no, we do see some so big. Can yes. I can I just go in a little bit of Madison Square Garden time? I right want here? you to. I want you there. WWE has shoved Madison Square Garden down my throat since I was a little child. So yes, when I was eight years old, I knew that Madison Square Garden was the only place that wrestling ever took place. Yes, that's that's, that's what, what I that's what I had grown to understand. That's where it matters. And that, Anything important that happens in wrestling happens at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And then I grow in my wrestling fandom, and I see a lot more shows, a lot more things. And I come to realize that, like, they wrestle at Madison Square Garden a lot. And some of it is historic and really good, but some of it's just normal. And so when normal stuff happens at Madison Square Garden, it kind of puts this interesting, slightly bad taste in my mouth for, like, I have to try hard to believe that Madison Square Garden is the mecca, you know, when you just kind of have a really mediocre Kofi Kings and Randy Orton feud in 2009 uh, culminate at Madison Square Garden. It was a cool boom drop, but anyway. So I struggle. <laughs> but yeah, boom drop. But Let's yeah. Be real. Joel from last week and myself from this week, mm-hmm. we have been to Madison Square Garden together. And so there's Ooh. pictures of us. Outside of Madison Square Garden doing DX poses. Okay. Doing DX poses? <laughs> yeah. Specifically? 
Yes. What a choice. What a choice, folks. Well, 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 there's two of you. What else? Like, I don't know. I can't. Think I don't know. You pretend to be. Go to. One of you could be Sean. One of you could be Razor, and you're doing the the splash off the ladder. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. That's one option there. Um, and, we do. And we do. I have yeah. seen a wrestling show at Madison Square Garden, but it was not oh, really? WWE. So it also feels weird to me. It was well, sure, a super was card before WrestleMania 35. Okay. So it was like, I get it now. yeah, Okada um, was the main event, and Jack White maybe. Anyway, sounds right. From the White Stripes? <laughs> is that his name? No, I got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> what is his name? At least from the White Stripes. Is that Jack? Oh, White Stripes. White Stripes. It's so stupid. I think yeah, he is Jack White. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah but who who's the wrestler guy? Who's like the Jackknife? You mean Jay White? Jay White. There Jay we go. White. You Bray Wyatt, Jay White, Bray Wyatt, Jay Wyatt, Bray, Jay Wyatt. <laughs> right, sure. R.I.P. We see some moments from Madison Square Garden, like Hogan winning the title, Superstar Billy Graham winning, Bob Backlund winning, Iron Sheik winning, Snooker coming off the cage. We don't see Snooker murder anybody, but it did happen. We see clips from WrestleMania 1, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth getting hitched, Sean coming off a ladder of WrestleMania 10, and Bret Hart returning at Survivor Series 1986, which we covered in our first episode of the program. We also see modern stars, as JR says, that Raw steps into history. We get our regular intro video and some music, and the pyro explodes, and we're live in Madison Square Garden. And who else can we feature in Madison Square Garden but Rocky Maivia with the nation of domination against Ahmed Johnson in the Intercontinental title quarterfinal. So I was so confused, because mm-hmm. last time I tuned in, Ahmed Johnson was nation. He was in the and nation. No, he's just not. They, they, um, they betrayed him. They didn't do a great job explaining why they betrayed him. They just did betray him. <laughs> That's not surprising. And then afterwards, they were like, he was doing things wrong. And it was like, okay, I mean, you shouldn't let him join to begin with. If that's your attitude about it. Right. You know, not to be a jerk about it, but, you know, maybe just ease up. Uh, the fun thing about this, of course, is that uh, Mar- Rocky Maivia is a punk here now. And so now when they boo him and say Rocky sucks, it fits because he's a heel. Yes. It's great fun. It's funny. Uh, accompanying Rocky My Video out of the ring as well is Commissioner Slaughter. Kind of, you know, friends in high places. Good for him. <laughs> We'd love to see it. No, oh, actually, he's only there to kick out uh, the Nation of Domination Sons of the Back. So that's too bad. <laughs> that's right. I do I do kind of love Sergeant Slaughter just hanging around a lot. I'm like, sure. He's he's a very active uh, member of the group, of, of the show. He is out there doing his thing. Yes, he, he is. Yes, he's very prominent that way. It, it's like it's like a fine replacement to Gorilla Monsoon, you know. Well, all you needed was somebody with a little bit of credibility and uh, just to be present. Well, well, and I and I really like this, right? Because for a long time, the general manager or whatever you wanted to call this role was like either heel authority was just like really stupid, like Jonathan Coachman, or they had like a stick. Yeah. But now, like with Adam Pierce, they've really settled on just a guy doing his job. Just a guy doing, and doing his, his now, job kind of capably. And then they added uh, Nick Aldis, though, too. So which, and they, which could... and Nick Aldis is playing a similar character, but now they're doing the Survivor Series head to head. But that's fine. Yeah. That's for that's um, for well, if the podcast comes out, I believe. Yeah. Which is fine. But 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 anyway, so Sergeant Slaughter kind of is kind of giving us that vibe, which I really appreciate. Just like I'm here to keep things in order. I'm not siding with anybody. It's good. Yeah. If I'm yeah, going to side sure. with somebody, it's going to be the face. You know, it's fine. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, we see the bracket for the tournament. We learned that despite Farouk losing to Shamrock, Ken Shamrock last week or the other week, um, he advanced to the tournament because Shamrock is injured. So is that um, real? Uh, I mean, Shamrock, I can never tell with Shamrock, man. He's always like getting hurt and not being hurt. And I find it impossible to know. Like the clip they show later, he's like straight up bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, like, he bleeds from the mouth. Just bite his tongue. Or... That's all he does, though. He's just bleeding from his mouth constantly. He can't not bleed from his mouth. <laughs> Guy's got a problem. Uh, it's also funny to me. Ahmed Johnson's being treated as a face here, but all he did was he joined the he, he joined he was turned heel and joined the nation. And then got kicked out of the nation. He's done nothing nice since then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He just got kicked out. And I'm kind of like, well, I mean, there was there wasn't a lot of energy for Ahmed going into this match. That's for sure. Ahmed Johnson, as if he's like, as if we just nothing's ever been different, same as it ever was. And and like it was sort of this thing of uh, Jr. at some point I think says, now wouldn't this be something if he wins this match? He goes up against Farouk. It's like no, we that was all last year. We have seen that. We've been there, been there, done that in in major, major ways. (laughs) Yeah, kind of unbelievable how much we've been there and done that. In fact, Um, 
At ringside, we have Captain Lou Albano for reasons that are comp- still remain unclear. He's been doing this for most of the he year. Was writing, he was writing notes. And he he's wandering notes. around ringside. He's not just in the front row anymore. He's just, he's kind of like wandering around over there. So I, I genuinely don't know what they're doing. Yeah, he, 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 he was writing on notepad. And, and Jim, uh, Jerry was like getting after Vince for not writing notes. Was he? Yeah. No, oh, he's like, he's okay, like, you should be like Captain Lou and write more notes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so like him to be like that. Um, Rocky sends Ahmed Johnson to the steps outside. And then Lawler declares that Ahmed is injured. And we see Ahmed's hand is bleeding. And I'm like, dude, this <laughs> guy should not wrestle. Bro. He's injury bro. So I don't know, but I like to fill in the backstage politics of all this all the time and just imagine what's happening. Yeah. But I imagine that they have lots of conversations about Ahmed Johnson being fairly injury prone. I mean, they have and to. So He's then, so injury prone. It's crazy. So, so then Jerry just like over and over again saying this. I can imagine Vince just being like really pissed off. Like we need him later in the show. Like what are we going to do? Yeah. Like how bad is this injury? Like the fact that Vince has to like think on the fly and play this character of just like commentary and figure out everything else at the same time. That must be stressful, man, when something like this happens. Like right. when Putsky gets his knee blown out or – you're just like, oh, man, and trying what to just, do? like, play it cool. I think it's why that one of the reasons why he probably steps away from it is so he can kind of manage more things backstage or something. Yeah. Then he also shows up on camera a lot. So, I mean, there's, there are, <laughs> I'm a little bit off that way, too. But, yes. um, but, but at least yeah. in that point, he's only there for a segment, right? It's true. But, yeah, and then, okay, so Ahmed hurts his hand, and then he hits a spine buster. And he it looks pretty juicy. Plunge. The hand is yeah, it, bleeding. Yes, oh, it is properly bleeding in a way that it's, like, uh, off-putting. But yeah, yeah. he just wins. He just pins Rocky easy after Pearl River Plunge. Like, no big deal. That's right. And I was like, okay, I guess, I mean, Rocky's not exactly moving, you know, doing what he's going to do. News to me. So, anyway, that's the whole thing. Um, and then <laughs> we, hear, we, we hear Stone Cold's music hits, and he's in the crowd. And Austin says, you got to have Stone Cold at Raw in New York City. But that's about it. I don't even, he doesn't really do anything in the crowd, so I don't know why he does that. Well, he, he was just making, making his presence known. And putting putting some shaking in the boots of uh, Owen Hart. Right. Wants wants Owen to 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 feel unsure of himself. Sure. Why not? And um, I was like, me, is New York Stone Cold's audience? Like, I thought that would be a Texas thing. But okay. Great. Excellent point. Just an just a just a just a perfect point. Just a, like why why is he treating New York like that? That's not really <laughs> how I think about that at all. It's well, I think it's just this whole like myth. That Madison Square Garden is the place where wrestling happens. So right, you say this myth, is where yet, Stone Cold happens. You say myth. We both agree that's true. You know it. You know it in your heart. Great. Uh, we get a super normal ad for laser tag. A super normal ad. Super you know normal what? ad. When, when I Google normal ads for laser tag, this mm-hmm. is what comes up first. This is it. Uh, it, it is Se- Sable Secret Mission. Sable is a secret agent. She talks to a large, floating, classy, Freddie Blassie head who orders her to fight Howard Finkel. And Howard Finkel is like, Sable, and gets and like shoots her. But but he says, does he say, gotcha, Sable? Is that the line right. over gotcha and over Sable. again? Gotcha, Sable. Gotcha, <laughs> Sable. What? What are you doing? What is this? Uh, uh, yeah, and it's just an ad for, it's a 1997 ad for toys. And Sable's there, and it's like, okay, sure. She's, yeah, she's she, been so she says, not gotcha, relevant. gotcha, Fink. Gotcha, yeah. Fink. Uh, that sounds racist. I gotta say, it's, I know it's not, but it just sounds <laughs> bad. So, so a little, a little side tangent here, but I saw yeah. a little uh, interview with uh, Samantha Irvin. You know, yes, raw, raw announcer, and she admitted that she likes to put a little nostalgia on some of her commentary. So when she says Intercontinental Championship, she says it a little bit like Howard Finkel. Oh, I love that. I mean, so why, now why, when I hear she, her like introduce Gunther or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. She goes, Intercontinental Championship. And it's like, yes. That's great. I didn't so even thought good. about that. I mean, considering all the stuff she does with, with Gunther anyway, yes. uh, just the name and everything like that. That's that's cool. I like that. I dig that. But why wouldn't you? She, you she's you, becoming you easily like my favorite. Comment, like, uh, sure. Announcer. Sure. Why not? Of course. But of course. <laughs> Oh, sorry. You're my favorite. She's my second favorite. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we get a, we get a recap of what happened at one night only in the United Kingdom on the weekend, and we're using photos. We use like screen captures because we can't use the actual foot, the actual pay per view. Yeah. So uh, why yeah. why is that? That, that that's just like 
Contract they, stuff with the pay-per-view companies or, or like the they, cable oh, rights? Yeah, the, the pay-per-view company owns the uh, content to an extent. And so you can't just replay the content because they own it to an extent. <laughs> you said the same thing twice in a I know voice. I did. I know I did. But that is my understanding of such things. Yeah, great. The nature of things, as they say. With David Suzuki, of course. It's David Suzuki. That's a joke. I don't think Americans would get that joke or anybody else. Okay. Canadian <laughs> reference Sorry, for uh, David Suzuki, famed, uh, I don't know, ecologist? I mean, call him. Uh, here comes The Undertaker. He's got Shawn Michaels in a Hell in the Cell at Bad Blood. Have you ever heard of Hell in the Cell before? It's because of this match. Um, and Vince is here to interview him, and we're told that the winner of this match will face Bret Hart for the WWF Championship at Survivor Series 1997. So we're if you're coming, listening, we're to sh- coming close, man. <laughs> if we are. If you're listening to the show and you're like, wait, if you don't know what happens at Hell in a Cell, but you do know what happens at Survivor Series 1997, you got spoiled just now. Because you're like, well, I know who faces Bret at Survivor Series 97, but could have been different. Um, Vince, descri- Vince describes the cage that's going to be at Bad Blood as the largest ever in the WWF, and he says it'll have a lid. I wouldn't use the word lid. I would say, I would say roof. I think lid is a weird word. <laughs> he, he didn't know what he was talking about. Because he also refers to it. Is this right? Like he says, hell in the cell. Is that what we call this match? I, I, I think he might very well. Well, I don't think it's not what we call the match. But I think no, it's we what, call it hell in a cell, right? It's an L cell, yes. Now, it, yeah. it is the cell. Yeah, so, no, I mean, this it, is true. But just like, it's just interesting as this match is coming to fruition where we we have a history of it now. That we didn't then. And so hearing it talked about in early renders is interesting. Yeah, they're like, we're doing this thing. I don't know if we're so sure about what we want to do with it. We don't know if it's any good or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hell inside one of the cells uh, is going to be happening. So it's fine. In one of your cells. Hell yeah. in your cell. Hell in the cell. Hell in your cells. It's going to be inside your guts. Uh, Vince also says the ring will be thoroughly searched underneath. And I'm just wondering if there's any chance they might try to reinforce the door. Just as an idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sounds like a good idea. In case visitors arrive family <laughs> who are strong enough to rip to the rip. door off the hinges it's funny you can rip a door off a hinge but like kane spoiler kane never like he is he should have had a submission where he like tries to break someone in half <laughs> he's yeah, a horror that, movie villain strength he should just <laughs> we know he can do it why not like do that Sorry, anyway. always Exactly, exactly. Uh, anyway, that's just, just a thought I have. That's my, my suggestion there. Um, Undertaker says he's going to watch Shawn Michaels' corpse rot in eternal damnation. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. Just like death. Murder. Death. Bro, you're a wrestler. You're going to fight him. Don't kill him. What are you doing? You don't have to kill, you're not, he's not going to die. <laughs> when, when, they start, when you start to murder him is when the ref says, go away. You're going to get fired. <laughs> yeah. He'll do that. Um, and, and eternal damnation, as if he has control of that, which I guess his character does. I don't know. Sean was not that bothered by it, though, because he comes out dancing. That's right. Comes on out. He's dancing up a storm. He's got the European title on his shoulder. He complains he's been treated in rough matches recently. He feels like he should get a WWF title shot already. And it's like, this is where I say you have the European championship. Defend that. Or give it up and do something else. Uh, I just feel like if you're the champion of something, you should never get a title shot in another title except for good reason. I could maybe excuse the whole singles tag title thing, potentially. Well, well, even though well, I know you don't want to. It's, um... It's kind of their fault in not delineating the categories very well. Like, I don't know. I don't know what a wrestling category means right now at this era of wrestling. Right. Like, later on, they try and do a better job of the cruiserweight division or whatever the case. And they, they make an effort. But right yeah. now, the European Championship doesn't seem like – even the Intercontinental Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship doesn't seem like there's rules about how you can uh, compete for it or who gets to compete for it or what. It's true. There's very few. Uh, there's very few rules that way. Because it's a weird it's, thing uh, where it's like you compete for the IC title, you win the IC title, you lose the IC title, then the next thing you're competing for the championship, and you're like, but you lost the thing. Like if it made sense, which I'm not saying it should. I don't care. Yeah. But we don't have it to make sense, sense that way. I it would be IC champions wrestling with the belt against the champions, like Ultimate Warrior style. Yes. Got it. Yes. It should always be the number one contendership. Yes. Is the idea. Yes. I get I mean, you would constantly have the title. What is, I think I think TNA, which I think it might be called TNA by the time this podcast comes out again. That's right. Um, <laughs> Exciting news, everybody. I, either they did or someone else had a rule where it's like, or it might have been Lucha Underground, um, where if you have the, the mid-card title, you can give it up. And um, if you give it up, you will get, you can get a title shot at the world title. 
But you have to fully give it up. If it was Underground, you probably got a mystical medallion that you could yeah. use I to believe that would be the case. Some yes, I believe Which it I would really be. Appreciate. There is a mystical medallion. What's that? Which I really appreciated. <laughs> thought that was of course oh yeah of course yeah i love i love the the, the mystical aspects of it for sure um so yes uh we cut from that promo abruptly and take a commercial break i don't know why it just ended in a way that was like pretty surprising that was crazy but like yeah. excellent cliffhanger tv style so like they don't they don't nail this now especially like often you'll go to commercial they they, they do a good job of like setting up the commercial so the action stops a bit or there's like a moment to cheer or boo and then it goes to commercial but like right at the end of a promo where it's like a zenith that just goes and then all of a sudden when you come back you're into the next segment that's pretty good tv yeah i don't disagree i don't disagree um and right away we get sunny and sunny is here to be a guest ring announcer for the next match which is the legion of doom versus farouk and kama of the nation of domination and these guys are supposed to be in a tag team match a six-man rather tag team match at bad blood um, but Shamrock was going to be the member, the third member for LOD, and he's injured, so I don't think that match is going to happen the way they've been promoting it. Okay, so don't get, well, don't hold your breath, folks. Um, the Legion of Doom going for a Doomsday device on Farouk like pretty quickly, like shockingly quickly. Uh, but D'Lo and Rocky Maivia run in, blow up the match with a DQ, and then Ahmed runs down to try to save the Legion of Doom. He's got his hand all wrapped up due to the blood. Um, then Ahmed just gets his ass beat. So yeah. Always fun when they have the faces come in to like save somebody and they just get there, just kicked, just like <laughs> these little jerks. That there's there's like a moment because they got to keep the narrative on track, right? So they give you your babyface moment, but then we got to just keep them down. That's right, that's right. So anyway, that was like a pretty quick match kind of thing there. So yeah, not much to it. Um, we take a break and see a clip of Superfly Jimmy Snuka flying from the top of the cage. Kill people, that's fine. Kill a person, <laughs> not fine. I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> kind of, you know, they show Chris Benoit on here. I'd probably say, Come about that too. They call Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. and you know what I, I would say the worst thing about him, which was, you know, he was pretty mean to some wrestlers backstage. Was the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, had his, had his, had his own personal problems professionally. Uh, next up, we have Owen Hart with a security detail going up against Brian Pillman with an unwilling Marlena. Yeah, so this storyline has progressed in ways that I'm very uncomfortable with by the time that I got back into it. Oh, you don't you don't like it? I don't love it. I thought you like it because I'm like I like I he like he like Marlena. He like Marlena look. But but Marlena lost her look, man. No, he like Mar he like this Marlena look. This Marlena look better. This, this Marlena looks good, but it looks sad and good. It's like it's like. Whoa, you look good, girl, but for reasons that your life's probably going off the rails, and I don't like the what that means for you and your life. And less than ideal, less than ideal for sure. And I don't like it's just a crazy storyline. It's so crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I know it's it's a lot. I'll tell you that much. It is a, a lot of information. Um, yeah, Owen Hart has new music here, folks. Okay. It's like it's got more of like a hammer kind of anvil kind of noise to it. It's it's no longer an, an, an anvil. I, it's ironic. I think it sounds like an anvil. Yes, <laughs> there it is. Um, Pillman's got his arm in a sling, and we see Marlene is wearing a black shirt, uh, skirt, and a shiny bra. And Vince says that when the thirty days <laughs> essentially, I guess you're right. Sorry, yeah. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Vince says when the thirty days are over, that is to say, when Marlena gets to be returned back to Brian Pillman, uh, Goldust and Marlena are going to have another wedding to renew their vows. And I don't know how they would have ever planned that. <laughs> right. Not really possible. Also, Brian Pillman dies the day before, so that's why that doesn't happen. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, Pillman gets on the mic, saying he's. So we don't get we don't get the end of this feud. Yeah, no, we do not. We do not get the end of this feud. Uh, so is that is that like the day of bad blood? It's the day after. Yeah, he died. He dies the day of bad blood, and then the uh, day yes. after is when they were going to do that. So. Yeah. 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 Yep, that's what it, that's how it happened. Uh, yeah, so Pillman says he slipped in the bath and broke his arm after he gave Marlena a good time. So he's going to have to forfeit to Owen. Owen is fine with that. And as he's saying this, Commissioner Slaughter wanders out, probably from hanging out with Rocky Maivia, his new buds. <laughs> he, get, he gets on the mic, and he doesn't believe in Pillman. He doesn't believe him. He asks where the x-rays are, where the medical report is, and Pillman says they're elsewhere. And uh, Which, first off, I'm kind of like, you're willing to sacrifice this guy's health? 
just because you're not satisfied with the information you have in front of you there? Like, dude, like, that's awful. Like, just believe this guy. Saying he's injured. You want to get hurt? Come on. Let's, let's get serious here. Um, then he does. A, he, he pulls a fast one where he tosses Brian Pillman the mic, and, and Pillman can't help but catch the mic with his injured arm. It was a think fast joke, too, which is think amazing. Fast. I do love that. Just kind of like, here you go. Do that. And uh, so Commissioner Slaughter demands the bell be rung and that they wrestle, or they'll both never wrestle in the WWF again. So off we go. And... Right. I think the first part of this match is genuinely very funny. Where oh, it's amazing. <laughs> You've never I'm, seen I'm, it before. I'm into it all the way. They should There's do it more. very mild-mannered chain wrestling. So it's, good. They're about half speed. So they're, like, yeah. going, and, like, there's a there's a, a very gentle snapmare. It takes Owen down briefly. But, like, they're going at a speed of, like, unwilling fighters. Yes. It is pretty fantastic, I would say. And it's then we take we – we take a commercial break, and then during the break, Merlena hit Owen Hart with a purse. Which is too bad that this yeah. that they didn't time this right, and that this didn't happen on TV. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, it's okay. I mean, it happened. I mean, the live show thing. Yeah, yeah, no, but like it would have been nice to he- see that play out in real time. See that moment. Yeah, that's fair. I can't argue with that. Uh, so, yeah, Merlena hits Owen Hart with a purse, getting Owen mad, and so he takes it on Brian Pillman, punching him and tossing him into the steps. And then we see Marlena, and she looks happy with herself. Uh, so, which I liked as a detail. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good moment to be like, she's like, who? Like in this in this time of so much, uh, of so little ability to uh, have any sort of autonomy, she's able to do something to get her way. That's right. No, that's good. For her. It, and it's it, not India level detail, but I'll take it. It's yeah, I know. We can only we, we get we gotta be happy with what we got. Um, you know, it's it's and it's feminist. It's the other part of it too. So that helps. <laughs> that's right. Um, it is not. So yes, the match is no longer half speed. Um, it's kind of a rough-looking crossbody, which takes out both guys. Well, so, like, I used to think, like, that was, like, Ziggler, Ziggler and uh, Brian Danielson kind of brought that kind of move onto the forefront. Like, it was like, oh, who does that? But, like, oh, no, they, they've they been doing that for a long time. You're seeing it here. That's right. That's right. So uh, we have Goldust. Goldust then runs down. He smacks Owen. Then he goes after Pillman. So Pillman runs out, and he takes Marlena away as Goldust is restrained by a bunch of WWF officials. Golas gets loose and chases Pillman up the ramp. And uh, Owen's arm is raised in the ring. To, I guess apparently because he got punched first. Is that safe to assume? So, no. Did he get punched first? He did, Goldas comes in the ring, punches oh, okay. him, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. keeps moving. Now, so I, that, is, that is right. That is most, right, then. Most if of the time, the though, rules of DQ. Most of the time with referees, I would usually say, like, if you hit one guy and you immediately hit the other guy, you, you can kind of do, like, a double DQ. Like usually that's it's usually you don't go order like well of operations Matt order of first. operations I know it's a real it's a real ped mass situation and uh, or be, sorry bed mass I learned it in French <laughs> yeah there you go um, so Owen's arm is raised in the ring and he gets on the mic and he declares he's going to the tournament finals well I have to point out there's another quarterfinal match next week and so this like Owen Hart will have a huge amount of time to prepare for it right because in theory he gets two weeks and the other guy only get one week and he just gets weeks. ripped like just totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As he had 50 pounds of muscle. Like, oh my gosh, terrifying. He knows exactly what he's it's doing. Just like, it's like Drew McIntyre levels of evolution. Like, <laughs> That's right. Uh, suddenly, Steve Austin runs down and attacks Owen Hart, drawing Owen's security detail into the ring, and they nearly whack him with a nightstick. So Vince McMahon pops out of his seat to get in the ring, calling off security and the police guys. He's like, hey, okay, set Let back. me talk to him. Let me talk also to very him. funny to think that if you ask somebody about this historic moment, you'd be like, did you just start off as an Owen Hart Goldust match? Yeah, Sorry, not, not, not Goldust. Goldust is there. Owen Hart, Brian Pillman match. That's yeah, that's right. Stars. With, with a Goldust interference. So Vince is with Austin in the ring with security behind him. And Vince asks, you know, hey, what's wrong with you, Austin? Like, you've got reasons to be mad? Sure. You had to give him a couple different titles. You're injured. But don't break the law. And Vince gets in Vince Austin's face. He speaks firmly to him. He's like, the fans don't want you hurt. They care about you. He says, you have to work in the system. And it's like, okay, it feels like the one thing you wouldn't say to Austin to get into work. And Austin says, you know what? Fine. If you need me to work in the system, I'll work in the system. Or actually, you can kiss my ass. And then kick wham stunner. Austin drops Vince McMahon with a stone cold stunner. And he promptly gets handcuffed for attacking the owner of WWF. And the crowd chants for him. And Austin turns around and flips the birds at Vince. And the crowd is going wild. <laughs> like with, with his hands tied behind his back. He's That's right, like- handcuffed. So and, good. And uh, the, yeah, he 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 gives Vince the business, and the commentators are losing their mind because they're like, "Well, he's gonna get fired." 
And, well, well, and, they're, and they're both like previous victims of the stutter. So exactly. they're like comparing their like stutter experience. Yeah, he's going to get fired. He'll go to jail. This is all going to work out this way. And so, uh, yeah, this is a fairly significant moment. If you watch the show, of course, they show this 15,000 more times. Uh, as is their, you know, they're allowed to do that, of course. And uh, yeah, it's just a big historic moment. It kicks off the Austin versus Vince. And it's just what's, it's what's going on from now on. Yeah. And it, it was always your thought, because you've seen this, you've seen this before. Um, but, you know, you presumably in flashbacks. Yeah. I, I, again, I've never been able to place it or contextualize it or know where yeah, yeah. it's coming from and in. And so being yeah. able to kind of see where it comes from, I'm like, oh, it was there and it was then. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like, it's a really risky play that they were doing, but it was working so well where it's like, there's no real reason for Stone Cold to stun Vince. Like, there's no... Like, like I always used to think that this was... Vince was making unfair restrictions against Stone Cold, and Stone Cold was like, you're not that from boss of me, and, like, stunned him. Right. But, like, this is, like, a very genuine, I care about your life, right. people care about your life. You had a, You had a very near scare of a significant injury... Yeah. And he's just like, stick it to the man, F you. And so seeing it now, I realize how that can work really well because in the in in the 90s, I mean, that was kind of the that was kind of the zeitgeist, right? It was just like, even if you're talking sense, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. And so that just kind of works. But like it's weird watching it because now we're in a diff we're definitely a different paradigm as a culture. Where mental health, physical health, all this stuff in sports has been really attended to significantly. Yeah. So that message of don't wrestle injured, don't wrestle hurt, like, that's just kind of more ingrained into us where we'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a reasonable thing. Whereas I don't think that was what it was, what it is now, then. So it was just like, well, you're trying to tell me to be a forgive the French pussy? Like, I think that was probably the tenor right yeah i think you're, you're hitting on it right it's a cultural thing right where that is something that you could do then and now it's like well you know let's not be dumb about it like yeah that's right like okay let's get you know let's, let's be smart let's be smart uh so that was that was interesting to see how it yeah. all played out that way and be like oh yeah that that wouldn't necessarily work now but it definitely worked then i'm glad it worked then great i'm a little confused but that's fine right yeah sure sure of course absolutely uh, and then something that confused me a little bit. We get a quick, quick little memorial card for Dick the Bulldog Brower. Right. Was this guy cool or what? What do we know? <laughs> it's rare to see a memorial card for that in wrestling, for me, and be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know. Um, I looked it up. He was a fairly significant heel wrestler for the WWF in the 60s. Okay. So this is like, I. so I look at it and I presume, like, okay, so he was the... I don't know. He was the friggin' the 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 the, the who's the who's a good heel? Who's a heel? Who are any heels? He's a Triple H of the sixties. <laughs> That's not a good comparison, but okay. What do you mean? He was a good heel. <laughs> he was, he was, but he wasn't a good one. But anyway, that's fine. Why well, I, I hated watching him. Oh, that was like a good heel. Oh shoot. Okay, sorry, it's a bad heel. Uh, <laughs> he was the Roman Reigns of the sixties. Roman Reigns. I don't think he was that, but anyway. I I I I I I just imagine him as like a mid card, you know, worker heel. You know, yeah, I don't think he was ever the world champion, so I shouldn't say Roman Reigns because that's obviously he was the most world champion there is. Um, so yes, Dick the Bulldog Brower, R.I.P. Be dead for twenty six years, twenty six years, something like that. Uh, so hopefully you're, yeah, old ball as well. We've we've lived a lot of life since you died, bud. It's true. We have phones. Uh, September eleventh happened. That was crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing with Libya. Anyway, we'll get there later. Um, it's time for the war zone, folks. Second half of the show, treated like a different show, although it's the same show. No, it's different, Matt. What's the war zone? We get more pyro. It, 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 but it has the same intro, which is interesting. Yes, exactly. It'd be funny if it was just like a little bit off, even no, like a half a, beat wrong or something like that. Uh, just fireworks came out of the ring instead of flames. Here we go. Lawler and Jr. are still mad about Vince getting stunned, and I would say that Lawler is never as heated as he is here. Well, well, this, this is a this is a funny situation that Lawler needs to be in, right? Where he he's the heel commentator, so he can't be for Stone Cold, but Stone Cold is doing heely things, so 
he's getting mad about things that he would normally be kind of laughing about if Vince had been taking this kind of beating from a heel, a proper heel, then right. Jerry would be like, ah, but he deserved it. Like you should have paid him more boss man. Right. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I mean, and, and none of the, none of the, um, uh, none of the commentators are on the same page as the fans at all. Yes. Like, like the fans, the, the fans are like, this is cool. And they, the rest of the, the commentators are like, well, this, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. Couldn't hate this. Well, more that's than I do. really interesting writing. It's strange. You just do not, you do not get that in wrestling that often. I would argue pretty rare. Um, yeah, uh, it's time for Triple H with China going up against Dude Love in a False Count Anywhere match. Although I do feel like this is remembered as a street fight, not a False Count Anywhere match, but it is absolutely a False Count Anywhere match. Yeah, and like you know what, I I didn't think that I saw this match until the like plywood table came out, and I was like, oh no, I remember that. Oh yeah, this is like this is a thing. This I, I, but like, what a match, man! This is like. This, match, is, this is good shit. This, I know. This is no Such design. good, as they say. Um, yeah, Lawler talks, tries to talk to Ronda Shear from USA Network's Up All Night. If you don't know, you know USA Network from the 90s, you and wouldn't she, care. she, like, offers to keep him up all night? Is, yeah. Did I read that right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think her whole, I think the whole thing is, like, it's, you know, kind of sexy things. Okay. In so it's like, but it's like, I don't know, 90s kind of B-movie sexy. And so I don't know if that really appeals to you or if you depends how horny you are, I guess. Um. Dune loves music hits, but he doesn't walk out. And instead, he pops up on the Titantron. This is another thing that's kind of a bit historic. Uh, and so he sits down and talks about how Falls Count Anywhere matches aren't his bag, right. baby. Which is an awesome Powers quote. And then he brings on Mankind. And so, with the power of TV, Mick Foley is sitting down with himself, and they both talk about how they could be someone even better to do this than Dude Love or Mankind. And we get another Mick Foley as they introduce Cactus Jack. That's right. He walks on screen. He's wearing his classic shirt, which you've seen a billion times at wrestling shows, I hope. And he walks out to the arena to a pretty good reaction. I was surprised because my instinct was not like, oh, obviously he's going to get a huge reaction for this. Well, um, well, this, this is where we say the New York crowd, right? Like they would yes. have their finger on the pulse with some of this stuff. The so ECW you get a big old ECW chant. That's right. Uh, and so this ECW chant, and they're all excited about seeing him. And uh, yeah, and, and so he just comes out. He's got like, all sorts of like you know, goodies, as they say. And uh, Triple H is all worked up and mad, and he doesn't like it. He hits it with a trash can. And then on the outside, Cactus Jeff lick, lick, lifts up the black ring mats around the ring, and it's a neckbreaker on the floor on Triple H for two. And now we know where we're at. He situates yeah. us perfectly. We know that's what where, we're that, in for. We know what's going on. That's it. That's the energy of this match. And it's just one of those matches where you, they do a bunch of stuff, and you're like, that would just suck. That would just suck. That would just suck. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. Um, Cactus chases Triple H around the ring, but China cuts him off and drops him with a clothesline, and then knocks him over the barricade into the crowd. Yeah, and Triple H and Cactus Jack fight to the bowels of Madison Square Garden. Triple H slams Cactus and covers him, but he doesn't win. All he walks out of the you know backstage area thinking he won, but he did not actually win. I love uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> and then allows Cactus Jack to surprise him with a fire extinguisher. And he throws him into the barricade. And the barricade, he, he kind of falls into it. He leans he like on it. He crumples all. over. Like, just sort of folds like paper mache, man. Falls on the dang floor, man. It's crazy. I'm like, what are you thinking when you're just, like, not really paying attention to the show? You're there because your buddy's there. And then all of a sudden, the barricade's just, like, not in front of you anymore. Right. You're going, oh, I can just walk into the ring? This is kind yeah. of wild. I'm just, it's right here. I'm do, the rule, do the rules change when the apparatus changes? <laughs> That's right. It's like okay, I'm not allowed to cover. I'm not allowed to go over the barricade, but there's no barricade. So, well, it's actually it's somebody going <laughs> this, over. This, it this, this the was the one. This was the one missed opportunity that I was disappointed about. Um, was doing a spot where one of them either lands on or jumps. Uh, one jumps off the other onto them laying on the laying down barricade. Right. I thought there could be a really cool kind of spot there that they didn't really capitalize on. But other than that, yeah, it's it the kind of thing. Like I think, like if they were improvising, maybe a little bit better, they might have done that. Yes. I can see that. I totally get that as a thing. Uh, yes. So, uh, Cactus Jack goes to elbow drop a trash can on Triple H on the floor. But Triple H moves, and Cactus Jack just hits the can, which smushes underneath him. It looks great. Yes. Uh, it's, you know, it helps that it's actually crumpling. Yes. We, we, we need a survey of uh, just best elbow drops in wrestling. Ooh, I like that. It just, just And not like the people who do it best. Just like, you know, this elbow drop from this time. Oh, nice. Nice. I like I that. Uh, we take a commercial break, and when we come back, Triple H has a mop. He smacks it on Cactus's back. 
And Cactus Jack gets a sunset flip from the apron to the floor for two, and they're right by that explosive floor. So it's like pretty, pretty dangerous stuff, I'd say. Uh, Triple H gets back body dropped on the floor. So China grabs a chair. And she smacks Cactus with it, but he just takes it. He's like, ah, I'm still, I'm no selling this. And he comes after her and he stops her from hitting her again. And then Triple H smacks Cactus from behind and Cactus bonks into China and the stairs, taking her out of the equation. This looks sick, man. They, they show it again at a different angle and you're like, oh, okay, she's okay. It's not as bad. But like that first angle, it just looks like she just gets obliterated. Like her, her skull just gets crushed in between the girth of Cactus Jack and the steel steps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so, so she's out of the equation. So they fight up the ramp and Triple H hits a back suplex on the steel ramp for a two count. And then Triple H hits Cactus with a plastic garbage can for two and then hits him with a snow shovel. I like snow shovel hit. That's a good thing. Good touch. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a little, a little note in the margins of that match plan, you know? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh, Triple H goes to the back and he brings out a table, which to me looks like a big piece of like plyboard. It doesn't really look like a table. That's that's all it is. It's like, wait, did we forget to pack the tables? It's like, yeah, let's okay, just get well, a piece of plyboard. Let's and, see like, what they got hanging around here at Madison yeah. Square Garden. So Triple H gets on the table with Cactus Jack. He goes for a pedigree on the table, but Cactus co- stops it. He counters it with a pile driver through the table onto the ramp. The table shatters. Cactus Jack lays an arm on Triple H and he gets the one, two, three. And uh, China runs up belatedly to try to stop the count, but she's way too late. I love that touch, though. I love yeah, it's a good touch. touch. It's a good touch. And that was just a cool match, man. Oh, man. Like, what, what do we say? What do we say? Good piece of business, right? Very good piece of business. And one <laughs> of the things that adds to the mystique of this show. People like that a lot, and they should. Makes sense. So it's time to remote the Survivor Series Super Supper Sweepstakes. <laughs> They're really struggling. Everyone's struggling to say this. That's all, and that's all they do. They just tell fans, "Hey, try to say this," <laughs> and uh, they struggle. And they just they all try to say it, and then this, they cut to a graphic, uh, and the graphic features Vader putting two fans in headlocks, which doesn't seem a great selling point. But yeah, you win this, you get to have supper with a, with a wrestler. I don't know who if it's, if it's Vader or if you're going to be stuck with Rockabilly or something like that. But right, who knows? Uh, <laughs> then we get some recap time. We see Austin. Stuttering Vince. We see that Shawn Michaels beat British Bulldog, the European title, one and only. And then now it's time, once again, for Shawn Michaels to come out. This guy's European title, a microphone, and a chair. He peels off his shirt and flexes. And he offers to tell a story of how he became European champion, although, as Jerry Lawler points out, I think we just told him that, because they just showed the video package. <laughs> just looking into the detail. He's like, let yeah. me tell you what happens. It's like, they just saw, bro. We, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, yeah, they know. <laughs> so, so, Matt, I, I can't keep my composure. For some reason that I don't understand, balloons just like oh yes, because across your two thumbs up or something like that, right? Oh, there's fireworks. <laughs> See, okay, we're we're recording, and there's these new uh, these new reactions from uh, for things uh, from from Mac does these things, and so now uh, it is activating know. little effects in my screen. Oh, I don't know okay. balloons. Do. How do you do balloons? You do this? What do you do? I don't, yeah, I, don't I, I don't know what you did, but just like balloons started coming up like, congratulations. And I was like, okay. I'll do that. Is that going to work? We'll put my arms up? Nothing. That's all right. Too bad it's <laughs> a video podcast. Anyway, if you have a Mac and you've updated your computer, you get to see why this all happens. It's great. Um, anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed that. <clears throat> but yes. <laughs> I just so Shawn Michaels. I could move past. I'm sorry. Shawn Michaels threatens to tell us how he won the title, and he doesn't. And he just said, tells the Undertaker to bring his dead ass down to the ring. And we take a commercial break. We come back, and Sean is still calling Undertaker out. Although he does take time to tell the fans who are chanting at him that he is, in fact, not gay. That's right. He, wa- he wants to make that clear. Yes. Um, out comes the Undertaker, and he seems to pick up that it's kind of a trap because he gets halfway down the ramp. And Triple H runs down. He's got a bandage on his head. Uh, and Undertaker just spins and hits him before he can actually hit it, like before he can actually attack Undertaker uh, behind his back. Which I like as a detail there. Uh, but also, Sean's got a chair. So he whacks Taker a couple times with it. And it becomes an easy beatdown as Rick Rude and try to come down too. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they both take a moment to just yell at a woman in the front row. I don't know who she is or what she said, but she's they give her they give her an earful for sure. Well, and so yeah, this group that is yet to be named beat on Taker, and then they leave. But then Undertaker gets to his feet and he grabs a chair and they have to leave a little bit quicker. The strangest thing about this segment is uh, Rick Rude stomping down on the ta- on Undertaker with loafers on. 
and like his pants like billow up and you just see like really skinny ankles just like you see really skinny ankles and like a lower calf that's like still skinny and it's like oh yeah that guy looked way better when he had like knee high boots on yeah and he was you know probably worked out more that way and now he's you know he's injured he's tired you know it's all that stuff like it's tough tough stuff so uh, i uh, was entertained by that anyway entertained yeah fair enough absolutely um so yeah um now it's time for bret hart versus Goldust. this is a non-title contest yeah so, so again like we're in an era where we're getting like pretty enticing like main events for weekly wrestling television where it's like you want to tune in because you're getting like even stuff like chad gable versus gunther and stuff it's right. like if you watch the product you know that that's going to be amazing if you don't, maybe you're not. But so I'm just I'm just kind of befuddled sometimes by the booking in these older shows Absolutely. where I'm like, was this a thing? Like, was this a thing where people will get excited about all oh, like Goldust's a really good worker and he's going to work with Brett who's an excellent worker? Like, or it was just like, did people get excited about matches that were good versus matches that were like between heels and faces back then? I know people did in right. general, and, and I know there, but I don't think there was there wasn't anything WWE was pushing at the time at all. WWE is kind of reacting to it now, I would yes. say. Yeah, back yeah, then, no, because we're definitely getting just excellent wrestling, almost regardless of story. Sometimes now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it, it kind of yeah. I mean, it's just an emphasis. I mean, no fans actually want that. Largely. But like I the mean, way they're billing and the way that Brett is treated, like. He's not heel here. He's not. It's weird. They take kind of a turn here, right? Because he gets on the mic, uh, and, and you know he really hasn't been around the show that much. Because he's even though he's world champion, uh, which is kind of tough about this this last kind of reign he has here. But he gets on the mic. Uh, Jr. says this used to be his house, but maybe it is still is. And Brett says he doesn't care who wins the quote steel cage match. It's bad blood, which I like. He's too old school to be able to say it's anything other than that. Uh, he says he'll take Undertaker out again. Shawn Michaels is living on borrowed time after he did to Bulldog. He says he's the best there is, the best there was, best there ever will be. He says that in, in, everyone in New York knows it. And there's just no anti-American thing in this character at all right now. Yeah, and, and everyone there's just nothing. cheers. They're like, everyone yeah, cheers. we do know it. And I guess, is it because they just know that he is going to be beloved in New York? And they're just like, ah, forget it. It's not worth, like, it's not worth having him try to do that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. But if he said just a couple of things, the, that crowd would turn, right? I would think so, but they're, they're, they're not doing it. I don't know why. Yeah, That's it's interesting. It's an interesting choice, and it, may, it makes for a nice little match. <laughs> it does. It's true. Um, also funny because he does end up doing an anti-American thing because he's doing – he's at the pay-per-view, he's got a, a flag match with British Bulldog against Vader and Patriot. Right. So it's still part of it, in theory. So um, Goldust is still bothered by Brian Pillman having his wife, as you would be too if you lost your wife in a feud. <laughs> So only and, uh, like half you, is, you, you allowed the company that employed you to like steal your wife. Yeah, I mean, life. it's kind of an own goal at that point. Do you know what I mean? Kind of an unforced error, I would argue. I, you know, generally I would just not allow your place of employment to be able to uh, dictate how your wife spends her time. Seems like a, a misstep there. But uh, yeah, Goldust only has half his face painted, and the face, the paint, the painted half, he has a uh, hammer and sickle painted on it, and I don't know why. Well, that they would be say painted. later that it's Pillman's symbol. It's not. It's a hammer and sickle. It's it's clear. It's very clearly not Pillman's symbol. I don't know what that. I don't know where they're what they're trying to tell us there, but that is not what that is. Right. Not even a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yes. Uh, I mean, we all do crazy things when we're struggling. That's fine. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Lawler is just gonna keep talking about suggested things about Marlena and what she's getting up to as Jr. becomes more and more frustrated with that as a thing. And Brett is just working the leg. He's, he's you know, Golas is 6'6". Six, six. He's working the leg. He gets a ring post figure four as he works the knee with almost no relief for Goldust. The ref demands that Brett break the hold. And Brett asks why. And I love that as an idea. Yeah, I loved it. Like, why why would I do that? And it's like, well, I mean, you know you're not allowed to do that. So, so, but then the ref starts counting. Oh, whoa. Yeah. There you go. Glasses <laughs> are gone. See, I <laughs> and, can't keep eye composure. Your glasses fell off your damn face. <laughs> and Brett... Uh... Brett obeys the count, right? But, like, if he's not Absolutely. getting counted, why would he do? Why not? He just to break the call. Why? Well, I'll start counting. Go ahead. I'm, bra- I'm hurt this guy's knee. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm getting, I'm getting I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, so, uh, suddenly, Shawn Michaels appears at the top of the ramp. We take a commercial break. <laughs> so, again, there's bad things about his character at this era, but this is not one of them. This is excellent. You, you enjoy this. Uh 
Uh, JR says that Shawn Michaels has attitude. Oh, you're try to, if you're counting the times they say attitude, folks, you, put, you can add a tick <laughs> to your little scratch board right there. As they say, he's got attitude. Uh, the fans are chanting something, possibly Shawn Michaels, but it's hard to hear what they're saying. It's probably not that politically correct, as they say. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Goldust is just getting mostly dominated, working over the knee. It's only when Brett tries for a suplex is Goldust actually countering gets a proper offense in. Mm-hmm. And Goldust hits some strikes, but his leg is in bad shape. Uh, he, he does get a couple of good punches to the face on Brett, uh, and the two of them end up outside where Goldust beats on Brett. And then he gets a, bull, uh, a bulldog for two, Goldust does. And the Goldust charges the corner, and Brett dodges it. Brett goes for a top rope elbow or something, but he just drops down, and Goldust gets get, goes to get his boot up. So this is this is Bret Hart playing four-dimensional chess, where he goes for a, a, a second rope nothing. Yeah. And the same way to top rope nothing. He jumps down. Goldust raises his foot to block it. But, Goldust, but Brett grabs the leg, grabs the boot. He grabs a sharpshooter. And when he gets Goldust totally flipped over, he almost immediately taps out because Brett was working the knee all match. Yes. And Bret Hart wins. He wins the match. And it's a nice little bit of business. And I like it. It made me happy. That's right. I was happy. You know what? I didn't know what to expect. I was not excited about this going in. Yeah. But the the intensity that Goldust is bringing in because of what's happening to his character was really refreshing and really nice. Where, like, all of a sudden I was kind of like, I had this little edge of, like, oh, watch out. Like, Goldust is a threat now. Right. Like, he never had anything that I felt any opponent needed to worry about Goldust ever before now. But now it's like. Oh, he's being messed with. So like you you better watch out, Brett. Like he's he's on high alert. And so that was a neat kind of element to bring in. And then it was just a nice slow I don't I don't really usually love slow matches. I mean the bloodline is pissing me off to no end with how they work a match. <laughs> um but this is a nice little piece of work where they just kind of go slow, give you all the indications you need to understand where they're going with the match. And then that little flurry that they give to Goldust, where they give him some, like, nice hard punches. He, he got some good work with his punches when he, like, kind of boosts Brett over the top rope, uh, but kind of pushing on his butt. Nice. So, right. so like, you get this nice little moment of, like, oh, hey, he's got some stuff here. And then you go back to just a regular finish. And then you got what I liked, too, was Sean on the ramp and... There's a great angle where they're like behind Sean and like someone throws a bottle from <laughs> from the crowd, like a plastic bottle, and you can see like him dodge it. Like it's really cool. But then Brett is not like Brett doesn't do the typical walk over to the ropes, look out, start yelling at, then like small package happens on him. They just avoid that. Bret Hart just ignores the fact that Sean is present. Yeah. And I was like, this is that's excellent. Like yeah, he's got the match well in hand, right? That. He he know, he's like he's like I mean I could go down there, but I don't need to do that. Yeah, um, you know I I I have things in hand, and it's good because it's like a lot of the match after working on the knee so much, it looks like well what how could Brett not win? And yeah. uh, and then you have the moments where Goldust comes back, you're like okay well maybe he's gonna have a chance at it, and then when he gets the move that he's been working on the whole match. He delivers on it and it wins because it has to win because he just he did it for so long that it's like well you can't work the knee that long and then not deliver on that. That's right. And so it happens. It happens for him. Uh, and then his music takes a moment to kick in. Bret Hart music does. And the crowd is nearly silent for Bret's win, like truly quite silent for his victory. Uh, but then his music hits, and then <clears throat> let me just see how quickly I can say this because this is like very a lot happens here. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels runs down to the ring. So does Triple H, but then Owen Hart runs down to save him, as does the British Bulldog. Then Rick Rude comes down, but then Jim Neidhart returns, and he runs down too. Then The Undertaker runs down, he clears, cleans house, and he ends up grabbing Brett and Sean in a chokeslam, and he lifts them up and drops them down, and JR yells about The Undertaker as we go off the air. It was great. I, a I, lot I, of I was confused by one moment. Of course. When, when <laughs> I hear... Everyone's coming down. Everyone's running. It's all expected. Then all of a sudden, there's like this pop. And I was like, okay, there's The Undertaker. But it's Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I, like, I love it. The fans are pumped oh. for Neidhart. They're like, let's go. You got a pop. And then another pop. And then it's The Undertaker. And I was like, yes. Okay, sweet. I love it. We're, we all love Jim the Anvil Neidhart now. Great. Let's go. Can I say something strange about uh, Jim Neidhart? <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say something, and I want, and I and I and I hope this can be something I can explain a little bit beyond here. Um, I love Jim the Anvil Neidhart's body. 
Yeah, okay. I, I love. He runs that. down and he's just his torso, and he's just a big brick of a man. He's like a statue. <laughs> he's like he just looks like if you ran into him, you'd fall down and you'd be dead. Or so he's like a lineman. I just think he looks awesome, and he just looks like a slightly more mobile Vader in so many ways. And I just yes. think it's fantastic, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're, you're fine. You're fine. There we go. That's... I love his body. Body positive, I am on this podcast. Body positive. <laughs> That's right. There you go. And it says that I'm positive. And, and I love like, his body. You know what? Really, really excited about when Undertaker does the run in. And he's just hitting whoever. So, like, you, you have this kind of thing where it's DX before DX <laughs> versus the Hart family going strong. And then Undertaker just gets in there and he's like, oh, I don't like you. Oh, I don't like you. I yeah, like exactly. You. He's just hitting everybody. Everyone clears out, and then he just choke slams both of his kind of feuding opponents. Great, great way to finish. It's great, and it's like, it, it, and he, both those guys are small enough that Undertaker can lift them up and drop them with a choke slam. Yeah, and it's great. Has Undertaker done a lot of ch- double choke slams before this? I feel like he hasn't. You know, is that crazy to yeah, say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know necessarily, but because he probably starts doing the choke slam when '96, probably. Yeah. You know, he's not doing it the whole time. Um. But uh, but yeah, so that's what we have. And no, dang, I told you there was a dark match after the show. That's right, you did tell me that. Yes, the dark match was Bret Hart with Jim the Anvil Lionheart, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog defeated Shawn Michaels with Triple H in China and The Undertaker in a triple threat match. Yeah. The three-year championship. Kind of weird to throw Undertaker on that side, but... Yeah, it well, I mean, it's a tri- 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 triple threat match. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going in there. But So there they go. So there they are. They're, see, the guys who are going to be fighting for a chance to... Face Sean for the for face Brett rather for the title, um and uh, yeah there you go that's what they that's what they took things off the air on uh at the Madison Square Garden so Daniel historic Raw I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and your rating so we have three tier rating system if it's a bad show you say it's in the dungeon if it's an ash show you say it's in the Nightheart Zone might be reconsidering that title because I like the body <laughs> yeah you better be <laughs> if it's a good show you say it's a TBT ITBT WTBT WB that's the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be Daniel. Your thoughts on the show and your rating, if you please, sir. Hey, th- this is the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, unequivocally. Yeah, it and it's not even yeah, it one is. of those where I'm like, that title doesn't, that, like, what could be that title? This deserves that. This show deserves that title. It, it it trims down the crap that we've been seeing for the last few weeks. It takes away the gang warfare stuff. It kind of tones down on, it got, we got some Ahmed and some Nation, sure. I, I, I skip over that, but like, the segments on this show, the sports entertainment on this show is excellent. And you get an amazing, you get an amazing yeah. match. Oh, just one second, Ethan. I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. He wants to get in. Well, let me give you my, let's finish yeah, you up. Get an amazing match. You get an yes. amazing, falls count anywhere, street fight, whatever you want to call it. Hot dog. Hot Man. dog. And then you get, you get the Stone Cold moment with Vince. You get the dude love introducing himself in different ways. So good. That's right. Um, yeah, so I was, yeah, Historic Raw. It's a good time. It's eventful. Cactus with Triple H is good. It's got a good big energy ending. Uh, and again, the filler. There's no light heavyweight matches. There's no uh, There's no nobodies. There's no minis matches. So it's an easy TBT, ITBT. If you want to watch a Raw that's just like historic, if you don't know what to just watch a pay-per-view, you want to go like, check out a Raw from like a huge moment. You can, Attitude Era 1s are always fun, but this is like a good early, early, early Attitude Era 1, I would say. If yeah. not, another way you could argue the start of the Attitude Era. That's another thing you could say about the show. You could. Almost the start of it. Absolutely. Folks, next week on the show, we'll be covering the September 29th, 1997 episode of Raw is War. The bonus match is a cage match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels from 1993. It is a from a taping of superstars. It's not that easy to find on the WWE Network and Peacock, as far as I can tell. But if you search in your on your Googles, on your Yahoo's and your Ask Jeeves, and if you type out Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels cage match online, or you don't have to type it in line, you can just say Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart cage match, you will find it. It's about 12 minutes long. I guarantee you it's the only Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart cage match you're going to find there. So you find it there. It's on Reddit. It's on YouTube. You'll find it. So check it out. Let's get into the show we talk about there. Because, you know, as we approach the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels season, and as we approach uh, Bad Blood with, with cages and such, we want to share this with you. So we're looking forward to talking about that next week on the show. Um, Folks, you can follow us Smack Attic Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can share the show with a friend. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts to tell Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, that we're worthwhile and that we're beautiful. Um, Daniel, thank you for taking the time to be here. And uh, thank you to your, your sons for only popping by when it's absolutely necessary. Thanks for coming on, buddy. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me. It was a blast. I love you so much. I love you, Smack Addicts. Catch you later. Likewise. Love you, bud. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Don't get stuttered by Stone Cold! Oh, no!